seriously and considered every detail when helping me look the part. We made a lot of trips to TJ Maxx, where we dig through the racks until my mom found exactly what I needed. She also invested in makeup and props. I had a mole on my chin that we'd sometimes cover up using this thick, creamy makeup that was invented for burn victims to use to cover scars. To this day, I still use it for contouring. And we got really expensive flippers made, fake teeth that we could plug in when a real one fell out. If I was auditioning to play a girl who was kind of nerdy and wore her hair in braids, you could bet I'd show up with fake glasses, braids, and some dork-ass outfit of clashing plaids and prints. Since I was mixed race, I could play a lot of different ethnicities, from just plain old dark-skinned white girl to Latino to African-American. Mom stopped short of giving me a spray tan, but if I was auditioning for a role specifically for a black girl, you could bet she'd encourage me to play outside in the sun. Mom's diligence and my hard work, of course, paid off, and at age five I landed my first television role on CBS's The Royal Family. I honestly don't remember the audition, but when I heard that I got it, I bet you could hear me scream all the way in San Diego. Created and executive produced by Eddie Murphy, the show was a family comedy that starred Red Fox and Della Reese as a retired couple who are forced to deal when their daughter and three grandchildren move in with them. I played the youngest grandchild, Hillary, and Red Fox and I were intergenerational BFFs from the moment we met. He started to tell people that I really was his granddaughter, and I believed him. He and his wife were so nice to my whole family— they were always bringing me souvenirs from their trips, like a floral lei from Hawaii or a tiny ceramic red fox. Get it? Red had a reputation for being a flashy dresser. He believed in dressing like a king. And so he got a lot of his clothes custom-made to fit his opulent tastes. When he'd hit upon an outfit he really liked, he'd tell his tailor, get baby girl one too. And then boom, we'd be matching which is how Red and I ended up going on the Arsenio Hall show, looking like we'd both just raided Michael Jackson's closet. In 2013, I went on Arsenio again to talk about Glee, and he surprised me with the footage from 22 years earlier. In it, Red is wearing a red, again, get it, the man liked to work a theme, jacket covered in gold chains and tassels, a red beret and giant sunglasses. I'm wearing a cream-colored two-piece suit, also covered in gold chains and tassels, with a giant crown on the back. Arsenio asks me if I want to be a model, and without missing a beat, I tell him I'm not into it because I already did that. Then he asks if I want to get married someday. My answer? No, said in a tone of voice that implied that my pre-kindergarten self had never heard such a stupid question. However, my favorite outfit that Red gave me, and possibly my favorite outfit of all time, never made a television appearance. It was a gold lame bandeau top that showed a little belly, a giant gold poofed skirt with a black net tutu underneath and a gold biker hat. Once I came downstairs with the whole ensemble on, determined to wear it to preschool. Mom, I said twirling around, this is so cool, people need to see this. Mom rightly figured that it might be a little much for me to go to preschool dressed like a baby Paula Abdul and marched me right back upstairs to change. That outfit is still in a box in my closet, though. The bandeau now barely fits around my foot, which is sad because I would definitely still rock that look if I could. On the royal family, I fell in love with being on TV. 
I'd just started preschool not too long before, so I didn't really have much old life to compare my new life to, but I was still aware that I was doing something special. We'd wake up for call times at 4.30 in the morning and quietly tiptoe around and out the door so we wouldn't wake up my dad before he had to get up and go to work. I never once complained about having to get out of bed so early because secretly I knew that if I was up before the sun, I must be important. The schedule for being on a half-hour multi-camera sitcom was super regimented, but not terribly strenuous. We were finished each day by the middle of the afternoon and didn't ever have to shoot on weekends. Every Monday started with a table read of that week's script. I still couldn't read, so I was basically a parrot in pigtails. Mom would sit me on her lap and read lines off the blue paper script over my shoulder. When it would come to my lines, she'd say them out loud, and I'd repeat them back.